Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot, inbound, and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the Spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, go. And that's right, we're back with another episode of The Spot. And today we're really kind of continuing on a conversation that started the last episode. So if you have not watched or listened to episode 12, make sure you kick back into that. Go see what we think about as far as SEO, sales content, and just a whole bunch of stuff. And why it led into this conversation of, uh, really, Doug said something about thought leadership, and it should be a, a, a piece of content that we create, a, a conversation that we have. And so we're here. Um, so I, I think probably the best bet, maybe, potentially, is, Doug, for you to kind of frame succinctly the conversation that you think we're going to have today. And then we're just going to dive in and we're going to start talking about all the thoughts that Julie had, uh, maybe preface the piece of content that we actually started with as far as what we're looking at and talking about, um, and then we'll go from there. So I have no idea. I've, I've been around here long enough to know that I have no idea what, what the conversation we're actually going to have is. I, I, I can frame up the, the idea and, <clears throat> and kind of the point or insight um, th- th- that I wanted to bring, you know, and, and as it connects to to our our conversation last episode, and actually I think the episode before that, everybody talks about thought leadership, and everybody strives for thought leadership. The the point that I wanted to make, and, wh- and why we brought this up, is thought leadership is actually I think part of the problem. Thought leadership doesn't actually do what most people think that it does, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. I'll save some of it um, for best. It actually negatively correlates with success if you're looking at it through the lens of making new sales. Um, And I think that if we spend less time thinking about thought leadership, more time thinking about insights, we'll create better content, we'll have better conversations, and the world will be a better place. It's it's interesting because my my immediate response, and I'm not going to dig too deep into this because I want to I want to uh, give Julie some. And he is some fired up. If you are, not, he's usually the one who says this. If you are not watching this on the video, you have got to watch this on the video because he's got like 40 minutes of stuff he wants to say in 13 seconds. No, I've never seen him like this. No, no. It's, and I, I want to debate I, with him. I, I I do. I my my immediate response is yes, no, right? Yes, no, no, yes. Like there's 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 elements to this. And by the way, I want to preface everybody. We're we're talking about a piece of content um, that it, that's moved beyond thought leadership, um, leadership to break the sales barrier myth. The link is in the show notes. I I love this conversation around insights. I also love the conversation around thought leadership, though. So, Julie, let's just kind of rewind a little bit. Uh, you read the article. There were a couple of videos on the page. Heck, there was even a link to a webinar. Uh, give us uh, your kind of lowdown thoughts. Where did your brain go when we started to have this conversation around the sales process? I even lean it into the marketing and sales process and thought leadership and insights and things like that. I think there's this 
unspoken myth in the the marketing world, the content world, that if you write content, it becomes sales. And that's a myth. Content doesn't sell things, right? Maybe it's a piece of the puzzle. Um, but Doug, in the article, I think he, you said that quite well. Um, I think it's like the second or third paragraph of the article. You said the re the reality is that they, meaning um, I think sales marketing, um, for all practical purposes, abandoned the early stages of the sales process and pushed harder and harder to the post-intent high inclination to buy late journey stage. Um, and I've actually heard something to that effect quite a lot from sales teams and even from marketing teams who are hyper-focused on the demo request. The um, I once worked with a BDR who would say, well, I can get these people on the phone, but I can't pass them to sales yet because my sales team just wants layups, right? They don't want to work. They don't want to have the conversation. Uh, and that is important to me, right? That creating content, whether we're defining it as thought leadership or not, whether we're defining it as insightful or not, but in that vacuum, content doesn't equal sales. Now, digging deeper into what is thought leadership and should we be doing or not doing thought leadership and thought leadership versus insights. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, right, it's, you have to write good content and do good things. And this idea of being a challenger and uh, Doug, as you have said it, explicitly teaching the customer why they're wrong um, and politely, that was in there too, explicitly and politely teaching the customer that they're wrong is one of the pillars, I think, of good content. And you have that like kind of list of five things that people think thought leadership is. And the piece that leans into that, like an, providing actual insight is sort of at the end. And what I don't think you said in the article, but is important is, yeah, I, I think marketers tend to think about that at the end, right? Like, well, we're writing content to get readers to build brand awareness, to do this, to do that, and content should do these things. Oh yeah, and it should be useful. The content should be useful. The content should support your business. And you've kind of talked about, uh, you didn't call them content themes. I've been calling them content themes with clients lately. What did you call them? I wrote it in my notes. Core insights and kind of building around that. So you're flipping some of like the SEO content approach and those types of things. And I like that. And I think you did the, the job of what you're saying people should be doing and that you're creating content that is not, um, you've, you've politely and explicitly taught me why I'm wrong in that piece. So nicely done. So my insight piece was an insight. Your insight piece was an insight. I did have a question for you though, which was that you wrote this about 18 months ago and I would love to know what you would change or update today. That's Not if a you great, would, what you would. That, that's a great question. I love that question. That, yeah. Is the game different? Here, George. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. No, you have to Nothing. change something. I'd probably dig deeper into why thought leadership, content focused on thought leadership is taking companies in the wrong direction. I would, I would emphasize where the mistake is more today than I would have 18 months yeah. ago. I read it and I could have published, I mean, I could have written this post today and it would have been like, it, it's as relevant and on point and up to date. Uh, you yeah. know what I, I would say actually, you know, it, it's more important because I think more and more thought leadership, I think thought leadership blends into the noise. And so, and so the noise is, is 
you know, the background noise is greater. And so you have to, so the insight has to be even more pointed. I like that. I, I think it might be helpful if, can consider this podcast your opportunity to dig in more, um, as always. Can you define for me, when you say thought leadership, what's your definition of thought leadership versus your definition of insights? So thought leadership, and, and, and in, in fairness, it's not my definition of thought leadership. We did a lot of research to, to kind of get what is thought leadership you know, what, what meets the definitions of thought leadership. And I, and I should also share, you know, there's a good bit of this that, that, that comes from research that was done by CEB that um, was published in, in the Challenger customer. But, you know, thought leadership is, is well-written content. It, it delivered from a perspective of authority. It's interesting. It represents a smart or expert perspective. And I would say that the thing that makes thought leadership thought leadership is somebody reads it and, and their takeaway is, Wow, these guys are really smart. Wow, these guys are really good. Wow, these guys really get it. That's that's thought leadership. Insight, insight has a completely different. I mean, so insight fundamentally is frame breaking, right? Which, which by the way, if you're delivering an insight, you're not going to get an amen right away, right? If if I hear and I go, yeah, and and, and here's why I hate thought leadership. I can say hate, uh, right? I've I've gone to that point. Uh, you know, I've I've been you know many times I'm explaining to somebody what they have to do. Like they've come to me, they've asked me this question. I say, well, here's what they have to do, and they go, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's what we do all the time. And I'm like, no, that's not what you do. That's so not what you do. It's not even funny. And now I used to frustrate that you know what out of me, but I, I you know I learned we all suffer from a psychological from psychological tunnel vision. Um, Daniel Kahneman, Nobel Prize winner on this, you know, he won his Nobel Prize. What you see is all there is. So when we deliver thought leadership, we take that and we apply that to the world as we know it. That's why we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's what we do. What an insight does is it breaks that frame. And, and by the way, you're delivering an insight when the takeaway is, wow, I might be wrong about that. And I'll say that gets to the fundamental piece. Thought leadership is about you. Insights are about them. Thought leadership's the takeaway is, wow, you're smart. The people who wrote this are smart. Insights are, wow, I might be wrong about something. Wow, I need to rethink something, right? And, and so, like, to me, the purpose of commercial content is to influence. So, so forget content that sells. I, I want to change that to, does your content influence? And if you're delivering thought leadership, if you're focusing on thought leadership, you're, you're likely not influencing anywhere near as much as you think you are. And what the data shows is if you're trying to influence to your favor, thought leadership content either has no impact or has a negative impact on making somebody more likely to engage with your company than to continue on whatever course and speed that they're currently on. That's what the difference is. I have a question for you, Doug. Uh, You know me. Uh, you've probably seen me do stuff at least since 2013, 2014. Um, would you say that the HubSpot and inbound space that I have been creating thought leadership content? I think some of your some of your contents thought leadership, and I think some of your contents would would would, would meet the point of insight. I, I also think that some of what you're doing, um, like you know, if you look at Sprocket Talk, our home. It, it it's a it's a different like I wouldn't define it as a B2B sale in the context of how we typically think of B2B, even though technically it's a you're not looking to get people to change their course and speed. 
your your content you're looking for them to improve but they're not they're not mentally they they you know they've already you're not getting them to hubspot your your content is for people you know a lot of your content a lot of your hubspot content is for people that are on hubspot and are trying to figure out how to get more from that um and they don't have like they're it's a continuous innovation as opposed to a discontinuous innovation. It doesn't have the same psychological risk that's associated with, with larger, more complex sales, et cetera, um, that, that, that come in. But, but I, I think that your, I mean, but I would say your content um, straddles. It. I think your best content has insights. I think what makes you different than, than a lot of others who are posers is that you do deliver insights. Okay, because because here's here's the internal battle that I was facing is that um, I think everything has a time and a place, and and this article is almost like yo don't don't try to be a thought leader like do this thing. I think you can be a thought leader. I think you can create um, thought leader content and have insights in it. I think and here here's the thing. I go back to like long ago. Uh, another lifetime ago, when I was an associate pastor at a church, I would create this sermon, and with every sermon that I would create, I would ca- I would have in it, Doug, what I would call a two by four moment. Now, what is that? That's an insight. It's it's literally a way of saying, hey, this is something that we may want to look at in life, and here's a way that we may change. I brought that into the content that I create every day, meaning I'll say like this thing. But then it'll lead to this other thing. You call it insight. Uh, we may call it good content. We may call it like whatever we want to call it. But I was like battling because thought leadership is actually, in my mind, how you step out of the background noise. And if you realize that thought leadership has its place in time to rise above the noise, but then you do what you say in your webinar, that thought leadership has to lead into insights, which leads into the engine. And if and if you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm just going to create thought leadership and thought leadership is going to be enough, then I agree with this article. But if you're saying thought leadership and you just shouldn't do thought leadership, then I struggle with this article. And by the way, let me just say this. Everybody who's listening to this episode should read this article, should watch both videos, should click into the link for the webinar and watch the webinar because I, I took this – I rode Doug's funnel all the way as far as I could to see, like, I wanted to unpack Doug's brain because there are a ton of great nuggets of information. Like, the real buyer's journey in the webinar is dope. Like, it's it's just dope. And the fact that you have to have this engine built is dope. But what I don't necessarily, and, and I'm wait, I, I can't wait to hear what you say, I don't know if, I want people to go through this episode and be like, oh, well, I shouldn't focus on thought leadership. I should just focus on insights. I, I, I think that there's two things that get conflated here, and, and you did it a couple of times in, in your um, last comment. I, I don't want to conflate being a thought leader with thought leadership content, okay? So um, now I would, I would say – don't strive to don't strive to be a thought leader. And and in some ways, George, I think what's made you a thought leader is you haven't, you're not doing this to be a thought leader. You're doing this because I mean, frankly, if HubSpot went out of business and there was only one instance of HubSpot left, I'm pretty sure you would still be doing the business because you just have to say it. And be and and, and that, you know, and and so the result is, you know, let's not forget, you can't make yourself a thought leader. Other people right 
can make you a thought leader. So right. the, the, the issue I have though is, you know, we can call it good content. We can call it thought leadership. We can call it, we can call it insight. That's the problem with content in, in, in my opinion. Content is extraordinarily broad. A scientific research-based white paper is good content. That paper is not designed to influence. A book report is good, useful content that's not designed to influence, right? So I don't, I mean, one of the first things I tell clients is when they write blogs is you're not writing a book report. We're, we're not writing for balance. I, I make it very clear that if you're writing a post and no one can disagree with it, then no one can agree with it. And so, you know, like, uh, you know, Julie, you said earlier, content has to be useful, which I agree with, but what does useful mean? And, and so useful has very different contexts. If I'm reading a book, useful is different than if I'm reading something else, right? And so from a commercial context, um, which by the way, means we're incurring a cost. I, I look at your all's blog. I, I have people regularly say about my blog, I can't believe you give that all away for free right? We give a lot of really valuable stuff away for free. Well, well, what's the payoff? The payoff is it influences and it's less expensive. It's a lower cost for me to influence through my blog than to influence through other means. And so my target is influence. The good news is if you shoot for insight, insight is thought leadership. It meets all the criteria of thought leadership plus. Now, does that mean every single post you write has to be you know, point out where somebody's wrong, where somebody's wrong, where somebody's wrong. No, no, it doesn't. And, and I do share, I think in the blog post, but certainly in the videos, thought leadership does drive clicks, which, which is where we connect to last week's episode. Okay, I don't mean to call that back out, but where we connect to last week's episode, you know, we talk, I made the point that I thought, you know, this looks to me that it was written for SEO. So thought leadership says, you know, we're hitting what are all the things that people are looking for. Here's one thing I kind of know about change. If everybody's looking for it, it's probably not the answer because then it wouldn't be a problem that they'd be looking to change. And so one, one flaw of, of really good insight is people don't spend a lot of time searching for problems that they don't know about. People don't spend a lot of time thinking about problems that they don't know because they don't know them. So they can't that if, if you're writing, if you're creating content through the lens of insights, then when you create, it, it's not so much that, that the thought leadership leads to the insight, it's that the genesis of the thought leadership is the insight and your thought leadership content that is good for SEO, is good for clicks, which is important, bridges to that insight. But, okay. but the, its origin is gonna be stronger from insight and, and, and by the way, what do we recommend? We recommend that companies go, what are three to at most five core insights? Like you, you can't have more than three to five core insights and, and, and be relevant because a, a good core insight has a resonating, I, I, when I talk to salespeople, I call it teaching to the oh shit moment. You know, that moment where someone goes, oh shit, I've been thinking about this maybe the wrong way. And then what's going to happen, by the way, is now I'm going to push back. I'm going to challenge. Wait a second. I just got confronted. Like what you're doing, George, you just got confronted with something. You're like, whoa, I mean, I get it a little bit, but I'm going to push back my, right. And now we're in this conversation. And what happens, what I see with people creating content too much is we, and I see it in sales too, by the way, is that pushback. We go, uh-oh, 
uh-oh, I, I just upset my, you know, I've got to make them happy. And, and here's the thing, people don't change their course or speed. So, so you know, maybe I, have to, maybe I have to put a caveat on this. If you're looking to influence change, if you're looking to, to drive change, then thought leadership doesn't work. You, you, you know, you have to take an insight mindset to it. If you're on the course and speed, and, and by the way, a lot of people buy a lot of things that they know that they want, and I'm on the course and I'm on the speed and I'm going to come across you and, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, thought leadership might, might work there. But, but we think that thought leadership influences. We think that thought leadership makes me more likely to buy from you. And it doesn't, right? And, and here's the thing I got to say, the data at a very, very deep level, the data shows it doesn't influence decisions. So what I feel is once upon a time, thought leadership was about being insightful. And the idea of thought leadership content has kind of been degraded into any content that's not about us or our product or solution is for thought leadership. So it's thought leadership content, um, which is where it becomes the SEO content or the thing that tries to make everyone happy or get stuck in so many rounds of review with compliance. And we can't mention any partner because if we mention any partner, we have to mention every partner and all of those types of things just have chipped away at it. Today, when you're talking about thought leadership content, Doug, I very much see that and and agree with that. I think the spirit of thought leadership isn't necessarily that what, where it's at now. And I think the idea of bringing insight back into that conversation would help a lot of businesses who want to change course and speed. I'm trying so, to so figure I would out, that, that, I'm, I'm trying to we, figure out, hang on. I'm trying to figure out if like Julie just called me old because, because maybe that's my problem with this whole conversation, right? Because Julie, you hit the nail on the head for me. When I think of thought leadership, I think of, and, and Doug, you alluded to this, I think of coming to a topic as in a servant mentality, meaning there's this issue. I'm going to serve by uh, creating the solution, talking about the solution, but but provide the value that somebody needs to move forward in from a place that they're stuck. And so maybe it's just a fact that I think of thought leadership in a different way than what the modern sales or marketing landscape is actually calling it. Let, let, let's realize, again, content spans a very broad universe that, that goes beyond sales and marketing, okay? And, and thought leadership. So, so whether you watch CNN, Fox News, whatever, there are thought leaders there. They are subject matter experts. They are, they are leading in thought they are not influencing behavior, right? That, so that is thought leadership, okay? I, and and I, won't, I won't disagree. If you look at the thought leadership that works, you'll look at it and go, oh yeah, there's an insight there. But, but what happens is that the insight is, is a byproduct. By the way, guys, I haven't created anything new in my entire life. I haven't done anything brand new ever because every time I've ever introduced anything, when, when I introduce our sales process to, to a new sales team, guy comes up and says, yeah, I've, I've done that. You know, I go, right, okay, well, how, how'd that work? Oh, it worked great. All I did is somehow accidentally in my way found what are the, what's the path that people took for their best outcomes? And, and what I find is, yeah, you're gonna, like, if you do something a thousand times, you're, you're gonna, you're going to hit the right recipe 
there, there's a lot of different things that happen. What I'm talking about is how do we increase the probabilities for us? And so I say, hey, instead of the byproduct was you did these things, what if you just purposefully focused on identifying the problem before you went to this, right? What if you just made that as, as the purpose? A lot of times the, the, the reader, the recipient, they come fully prepared. They come fully loaded. They're, they've already identified their problem. They're already looking on that. You know, they've already made the decision to change their course or speed. I, I mean, George, I'll give you one piece of feedback. You want to know what I think would make your content more effective? Yeah. If you yeah. were more clear on what is the frame breaking insight that you're bringing. And if you, and if you grouped all of the different content. So I'll share with you one challenge I have with your content is there's a lot of it. I, I can connect it to a very meta level, but, but what I would say is so like you're, you're talking, you know, how to do whatever on, on HubSpot. Yeah. Well, if you had kind of five key lanes of, of what someone was trying to do and, and where, you know, why they were doing a lot of times it's you're doing the right things, but the wrong way, or you're doing it the right way, but you're doing the wrong things. What, what are those key connectors? And now, you begin to take your pieces of content and they cluster around those key insight themes that generate through that then plug together. And I would be able to get it. And I'd come to like, what I always say there's, there's three universes. There's the universe of people who are going to buy from you. There are the universe of people who are going to follow you. I love them because you know, you can trip and fall and they're going to go, Oh my God, I love how he tripped and fell. That was like, great. That's why I want to <laughs> Then there's the universe of people who will never follow you. They will never buy from you. Never listen to them. Don't pay any attention to them. We don't care about them. They're never going to buy. They're never going to be your follower. They're never going to be. But then there's this group in the middle, which is always larger. It's always the largest cohort. Those that should, but aren't. They should be following you. They should be listening to you. They should be buying from you, but they aren't. Well, why aren't they? I'm going to tell you this. The reason that they're not buying from you if they should has nothing to do with you. Before you can get them to buy your solution, you need them to first buy their solution. I'm sorry, buy the solution. You've got to influence how they see the issue before they buy your way, right? That's why they should, but they won't. How do we get them to change course and speed? That's where insight comes in. The people who are going to buy from you, they're going to buy from you anyways. And again, you know, I'm not saying don't have just content that, that, that meets the criteria of thought leadership, but when you're striving for thought leadership, we get, we get a lot of the noise when you're striving for insight. And when, even when you just say, okay, what's the insight here? Like, even if you just ask that before and after you create content, I guarantee you your content will, will double in quality. And you it's, do that in a way, George, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't do that. No, 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 no. You don't, no, dude, you don't have to. No, you said no, it. But I, 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 would, I accept I, it. Here's what's funny is it's not the first time I've heard it. Actually, there's a really another smart person on this podcast, Julie, who when we were doing version two of Sprocket Talk was like, but what's the connecting factor? And actually, if you go to the website now and like problems we solve, you literally see that we have bundled our content into uh, creating content, uh, you know, SEO, whatever the problem is that you're trying to solve. Now you can actually see everything that we've created in that vein or in that lane, as you put it. So um, I totally agree with you. Like we're always looking for ways to make the content better. I think the point, and, and by the way, let me just, if, if you're watching this, listening this, go to the show notes. 
read the article because Doug, you just mentioned the the first sale. Actually, in your videos in the webinar, you talk about the three sales or sales. Uh, man, that was Southern for a hot second. The three sales that have to be made, right? Um, and so people need to focus in on that. I, I think there's something magical in the understanding of that. Um, and that tied to the real buyer's journey, again, in the webinar. If you start to let your mind kind of play around with those two pieces, it's it's amazing. I I I, I shouldn't be having such a visceral, visceral response to the conversation we're having, but I am for some reason, and I don't know right now if it's no, because- You should be, that's why. That's the point, right? That's what Doug said. He's providing an insight and it makes people push back. And that's why we're talking about it. Um, it makes, uh, an insight makes somebody uncomfortable. Cause I got news for you. Nobody changes if they're not uncomfortable. I, I totally agree with that. I, I honestly believe that it's in the times that we're most uncomfortable in the times of most pain that we actually grow them the most, to be honest with you, like mm -hmm. just from a fundamental standpoint. Okay. I'm going to shut up. That's Julie, I really, I, yeah, that was a good TV show, by the way. I'm just going to say, I am an old form. That was a good TV show. But I'm going to shut up, Julie. I really want I want to hear your thoughts because, you know, that you, you always bring a, a different and kind of exciting. Like, look, Doug and I can sit here. We can be two Rams, you know, buttheads, agree, disagree. But I, I as I edit these and I listen back to like the conversations, I always find these. Julie's good at like slipping in these nuggets that just kind of like kind of flow through. So what are your thoughts about how I live my life? Slipping it's, in nuggets. It's it's crazy. Um, first off, I um, actually would like to take this opportunity to say if you're not watching, um, please do, because I'm wearing my baseball hat today so I can fit in uh, with the crowd. So first and foremost, that. So here, here's the thing. If you don't have something to say, don't write the content. Like that's what it really boils down to. Right. And I think Doug and I. I think you agree with this. You've kind of tangentially said it. There's a time and a place for different types of content. Not every content piece, piece of commercial content will be this hyper insightful thing. But if you are writing to appease everyone in general, I don't find value in that. In neutral articles are not always the best. Sometimes they're great. I, there's a time and place for them, right? If I want to learn about something from a baseline understanding standpoint, and maybe it's a controversial topic, I appreciate hearing both sides of it. But at the end, right, I need help then having learned those both sides. Well, how do I weight them? And where do I go from here? And what should I do next? Um, and that's part of the reason why I don't, um, or do not have talked about this before. I don't really like documentaries. I don't like documentaries because they are one-sided because they don't generally, they don't try to present pros and cons and then sway me, right? So I think you have to be willing to acknowledge there are other points of view, but you should have one. And when I say good content, that's what I'm thinking about. It's well-reasoned. It has a point of view. You might not like it. Some people might, there's a reaction. Um, there's a conversation to be had. And if we all aspire to do that, right, to start a conversation, that's probably a good move for content everywhere. Well, is that how we change the world? Was that one of your promises, Doug? Yeah. Well, you know, if what, what we, you know, we've talked about thought leadership, we talked about, so, so let me give you the five levels. So everyone has it, right? There's general information, there's accepted information, there's thought leadership, there's insights, 
And then the fifth level is point of view insights, right? And, and, and what I would say is if you're a company creating content, if you're a company creating content, you, you have to have that, that content has to have a point of view. And, and one of the biggest weaknesses I see in content is there's no clear point of view. Now, George, that's something that you've always brought to the table. You, every, you like, you re point of view, right? I mean that in a, in a good way. Right. Right. Um, and, and so, and, and yeah, there's, there's people that are going to, you know, I have to be able to disagree. If it's going to influence, there has to be something that, that I could disagree with. And, and, and the other element just that I would piggyback to what, to what Julie said, cause I agree a hundred percent traditional thought leadership content has its place when it's directly connected to an insight, to a core insight. And, and so, Hey, here's the, here's the interesting point that then can connect to, to that deeper piece. And, and like, by the way, this insight piece, this is one of our core insights, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, it connects it, it's spider web on, on things that we talk about um, pop up. And the funny thing is we talk to people about something like uh, they, they might stumble upon this and it's very ancillary to the, we're, we're talking about underlying RevOps process. They see this and all of a sudden, you know, the follow-up conversation we have, it's all about insights. And we, well, how does, you know, which again shows the impact of what insights have and how that frames. And by the way, so we talk about revenue operations and our revenue operations approach is now fundamentally different because it's seen through the lens of the insight and point of view that we have to revenue operations. Yeah. And which could be a whole, that could be a whole episode on itself of like commoditizing yourself. So, so here's the thing. There's a couple of things that came to my mind when Julie was talking. One was uh, you can't be all things to all people. Don't be lukewarm, be hot or cold, because then you're going to like get the audience that Doug talked about. And then Doug, you know, again, I'm going to tell everybody that's watching or listening this. They have to read the article. They have to watch the videos. They have to dive into the webinar because it's just a really good starting place. And, and that's where I want to end this because... I think having an action-oriented way to go after listening to a podcast just makes sense. That's my insight for this episode. Like, you just got to know where to go next, right? And so when I think about this, I think about, like, if you're sitting here and listening and and you don't have a point of view to the thing that you do for others, like, that might be a great place to start the, the fact that, Doug, you said three to five insights and building and understanding, and I think you would agree, like the whole team knowing these are our core things. Like this is how we eat, drink, breathe, sleep. These insights is a good place And I would to say it's okay if you have one, by the way. If you have one really good insight, you could build a billion-dollar business on one insight. And, and then after that, it would be layering – this type of content here, some thought leadership content here, this how-to content here around that insight or insights that you have. Now, would you agree with that or or how would you, and I'll, I guess I'll go Doug and then Julie, we'll save, you know, whatever. Um, how is, Would you guys agree with that or are there other things that you think as far as a starting point after listening to this episode that you would add in? No, I agree with that. Yeah, I think if you don't, if you're not able to name your organization's core insights after hearing about the concept, starting by defining them uh, is a great takeaway. And then framing other things around that and relating them back. I have a caveat. I have a caveat. Sorry. I'm ready. If you work to create your first core insight and it comes very easily, then you did not create your first core insight. 
it's hard, right? An insight, a true insight is really hard. You know, like inbound marketing was built on a core insight. And now, and then 700 companies have come along and said, well, there's, this has been a revolution, except it hasn't been a revolution. It was a manufactured resolution. What, what everyone forgets, they talk about the inbound story and it being a great story. And it was, it was an amazing story. But one of the core elements that made it an amazing story was there was truth there. The buyer had access to information that historically they never had access to before. I mean, frankly, I think they got the reason wrong. I think inbound got the reason that the buyers are doing it wrong. Buyer, if, if buyers had access to the information 50 years ago, they would have taken it then. They just didn't have access to it. Buyers have always wanted to control their journey, right? It's, it's always been true, but it was never possible. By the way, the reason that it happened doesn't really matter. It The thing that happened actually happened, right? And so you, you've really got to think and it's got to connect to, um, you know, you have to get out of your product. You might actually only impact the insight indirectly. You, you, you've got to allow the world to be bigger than just you, your service, your offering, your product, right? And so developing, that's why you can build a billion dollar business on one insight because one true real, Basically, that's what in, I mean. Heck, they, I, I looked at them a couple of $17 billion business. They built it on one insight, right? HubSpot, they built it on one insight and look at what they've done with one single insight. But man, it was a powerful, powerful insight. I would, I would say, you know, as you sit here and we end and, and I start to talk about, you know, uh, following uh, Real Julie D on Twitter and at Doug Davidoff and at Max Jacob Cohen and at George B. Thomas. And, and as I tell you to use the hashtag, the spot or the spot podcast, and, and as we tell you to leave a thumbs up or a raving review on your favorite podcast app or to watch us on sprockettalk.com, I guess the thing that I would leave them with is what is your core insight? What is that thing? Because if you're, if you've listened to this whole episode and you're like, I don't know, frankly, that scares the crap out of me. Hey, think about that and we'll see you in the next episode.